is the 11 dub cast i'm johnny he's george and woo, woo. and look i'm going to tell you something I'll, I'll break it uh I'll, I'll break it down here for you guys uh, we're going to talk about two things tonight outside of ask us anything we've got top 10 victory that ohio state has just procured over penn state that was super hence, cool hence the woo yeah hence the woo and then uh michigan and that's it that's pretty much it so we've what got a lot to michigan? deal with too. we're gonna find out we're going to find out. There's a lot it's to break gonna down. It's going to be news to me. You're going to have to brief me on it because I'm clueless. <laughs> okay, well, I will do that in, in excruciating detail um, after Ask Us Anything. So so work or look forward to that. Right now, I want to talk, however briefly, because we do want to talk about Michigan. Like, we're both chomping up a bit here. We do <laughs> want to talk about Penn State. And look, I have to say... You know, it's been a long time since I watched an Ohio State game. And maybe, you know, this is something that I think maybe younger Ohio State fans haven't really experienced. Uh, People who started watching, you know, starting with the Urban Meyer era and so on. You know, guys still in their 20s, people who are still, you know, college students, whoever. I don't think they really appreciate uh, the thrill of watching an ostensibly boring game that you know Ohio State has no chance of losing um, against the top 10 opponent because the defense is just strangling them like a bow constrictor. Was that not the Notre Dame experience? No, that wasn't the Notre Dame experience because that <laughs> felt like you were on the precipice the entire time. At no point in this game, like even when Ohio State, it's like, oh, okay, they're only up by like you know four, it's a tie game or something like that. I'm like, no, Penn State has no shot here. Because the defense, right? This is pure trust of all. The defense was just locking them down. And to be fair, Drew Aller, you know, Penn State's quarterback, was playing so poorly that I was not super uh, nervous at any point during this game. So I look, I think there's a lot of things that you can take away from here. We're going to talk about some of that stuff. But I do want to start with the defense because top to bottom, man, you're missing Burke. Right. Like you're wondering how they're going to play against this guy who, you know, to this point had a really solid season um, and they just locked everybody down. Penn State couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. They couldn't convert third downs. One of 16. Um, This was domination uh, front to back. And it was it was pretty awesome to watch. I loved watching the defense in this game. Um, Just for the record, I said Western Kentucky was going to be a more difficult home opponent for and Ohio State. I, and Western fair. Kentucky got in the end zone before Penn State did. Yes, so, they did. Uh, but that game wasn't nearly as competitive. So I'll, I'll eat crow on that one. But that being said, I, I completely concur. And I, the, I, you, I remember – in turn, I've I've been saying all season that Penn State doesn't threaten me. Like that's yeah. basically the gist of the point that I want to make with bringing that up. Because when you originally first mentioned Mister Aller on the Dubcast this season, I asked you to take another look at the performance that he had literally <laughs> just had against right. Illinois, and you were you like, "Oh, he didn't even complete fifty percent of his passes against that team. That's not very good." Yeah, I wonder how his accuracy is going to hold up against Ohio State's defense. Poorly, and look what happened. <laughs> and what's crazy I, is, I believe you had, said during the game he couldn't complete a ball beyond ten yards for most couldn't. of it. And, and here's the thing: so going into this, and, and honestly, like. 
you know, you were very confident, especially with with your uh, favorite guy, um, uh, Fames Janklin out there, you know, <laughs> coaching Penn State. And we're going to talk about him. The actually. master of the fourth down draw call. Good God. We're going to talk about that because that was anyway. Um, I I was skeptical of, of your skepticism, I think, at first. And then as the season went on and I'm looking at him like, OK, I think George has this thing like on lockdown because I Dub was cast not nose ball. Dubcast nose ball. And I was not impressed by what I was seeing out of their offense on a week to week basis. And like. Drew Aller comes in, and I think by that time a lot of the shine was off him, but I think people expected this to at least be a little competitive. He was awful the entire game. I mean, he was 18 for 42. He finished 18 for 42. Most of those completions felt like they came in that last drive where Ohio State was you know, clearly disinterested and just kind of going, like, okay, fine, let's run out the clock. It was garbage um, time at that point. Yeah, it was just – it was kind of – Amazing to see how well Ohio State was able to play with some guys out. I think it was also pretty, like, I think if you're a Penn State fan, disheartening to watch this guy who is supposed to be the future, you know, at at quarterback, uh, look so bad um, on the road at Ohio State. I mean, this is like Anthony Morelli kind of stuff that he was showing you. Um, It wasn't just him, though. I I think, and this is actually where I want to get your perspective on this, because Penn State is not known for having really great wide receivers uh, this season. But I also think that Ohio State's defense, particularly in the defensive secondary, the safeties and the um, uh, the corners, you know, guys like, you know, coming in, Jordan Hancock, Jermaine Matthews, true freshman coming in and making a huge impact. Do you think it was more Penn State being bad or more Ohio State really being that good on defense? Because ultimately, I think that's what the question is coming out of this game. I think it says something that that team didn't get in the end zone until the die, like until the moment when it effectively didn't matter when they were going right. to need to get in the end zone. Thirty and seconds then, left, and then kick an on like recover an onside kick, and then go get in the end zone again. You're it's a very tall order for a team that for the first what forty five fifty minutes fifty five minutes of the game doesn't get in the end zone and can just muster field goals. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can't take that away from a defense that requires like in the same way that a shutout like requires maybe some some good breaks but overall very disciplined performance keeping your opponent out of the end zone for that amount of time uh requires a lot of dedicated uh repeated success that you give credit to the defense for so i i think that you absolutely have to give them like especially for the point that I just brought up like the western kentucky game they were able to slim that i think to a a 14 to 10 lead at one point where people were like is this going to be a bit more competitive of a shootout than maybe we were anticipating that brink of offensive success even youngstown state got in the end zone before penn state did so the fact that this was like the biggest test they've had at home to this point this season and they were able to keep them out for that amount of time, it shows growth. I think, in fact, me literally bringing that up, I remember the thing that the reason Youngstown State got in the end zone was because Knowles sent the house on third down and medium right. and they got a very easy out route and were just able to 
get in from there. I, I remember pulling my hair out thinking, are we just going to see more of the same Knowles from last season? Mm-hmm. That was two games into the season at that point. We didn't even have McCord as the starter, so there was a lot left unwritten. Now here we are, and the thing that we keep singing the praises of is the fact that in these third down situations, Knowles has been like consistently conservative to uh, a huge boon which is what i wanted so badly last season that we did not get against michigan that i think if we do get in these big time games it's going to really limit the the top end effectiveness of these more talented teams like Michigan and like the other college football playoff contenders. And you just saw a team like Penn State, which is still talented on offense year in and year out, even if they aren't as firmly established in their skill positions as maybe they have been in recent years. They still just showed you we can put the clamps on them at multiple areas of the field, and we feel comfortable doing that against any opponent home or away. So this is the this is like one of if not the best defense in college football right now. We should be very grateful as Ohio State fans that they are holding that mantle and I expect that to carry over into the Michigan game next month and I think it's going to make for a highly competitive affair. Yeah, and the thing is, man, is that it's not just Jim Knowles. I mean, I I love the fact that you have so many different guys stepping up and kind of doing, you know, impact plays, making impact plays. Like we talked a little about uh, Jermaine Matthews and, and uh, Jordan Hancock stepping in and, and, you know, playing really, really well and, and looking great in kind of a difficult situation, you know, have to you know be in that position. But even guys like Cody Simon, who I think have, you know, taken on a much larger role in the past few weeks, um, they've done really well. Obviously, I mean, you're going to see things coming out of like JT and, and, you know, he had he didn't have like a ton of you know sacks or anything like that. He had the one uh, sack. It wasn't as good as it was a letdown performance from last year. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Terrible. Uh, but the point is, is that he still shows up when when he needed when he needs to. And I think part of that is um, a result of guys getting more comfortable in Jim Knowles' system. I also think part of it is Jim Knowles being really smart about when to selectively apply pressure because you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely, during the game, he was, you know, playing more conservatively, letting Penn State try to go to Ohio State and, and you know, basically taking what they were giving them and then, you know, finding ways to make plays, things like that. Penn State just could not, in pressure situations, um, you know, sustain anything. But at the end of the game, when the pressure really needed to be ramped up, I mean, he was teeing off. Like, you saw him just setting blitzes on every single down, and that's the position where you want him to do that. And you saw, like, you know, Penn State starts off with, like, okay, you know, this is do or die time. And then all of a sudden they're back, you know, like 30 yards, right? Because they they get a sack or they get a penalty, stuff like that. Um, At one point in this game, Penn State went punt, end of half, punt, punt, fumble, punt, downs, downs. And then they scored the touchdown at the end of the game. But they – they literally, I mean, up until that point where they had, uh, you know, it's that big 73-yard thing. And again, I think that could have been maybe uh, played a little bit better. But they had essentially like 30, 40 yards of offense. In the oh, they were held half. in check for 50 minutes at least. Yeah. 
And it's unbelievable. And I, I really think it's due in large part because of how cohesive the defensive secondary is right now. The the defensive line is doing their job. I, you know, guys like Tyleek and, um, you know, JT are, are obviously a huge part of that. But in general, um, I think this is a team that is defined by how soundly their defensive secondary is playing. That to me is going to be really interesting for Michigan in a lot of different ways. So we'll see how that plays out in the next month. Um, but I'm very confident about the defense right now. I think you know, they gave their best performance at a very long time. I think it actually, like, there hasn't really been a, a guy that has stepped up, like, I think yet this season to become like the the standout best player in this right. defense but does there does there need to be like to me that's part of the appeal of no this and that's why i i'm so happy with what i've seen is that right. they've that's a reflection of how strong the unit is and how cohesive it is there's been i don't want to say an equal amount of success spread among the starters all 11 of them but you see consistent enough help at all levels of the field. And I right. know that a lot I know that a lot has been said about the safety play from the 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 football nerds more intelligent than myself that have uh had nice things to say about this defense. I think Bill Connolly called them Bill Connolly said Ohio State's defense is the most underrated unit in college football right now, which is an that's insane thing. To, that's an insane thing to say for a number, a top three team for that's one true. of their yeah. team right. for all the all the sides in college football, and that one is the one that doesn't get enough credit. I think that that really says something about where this team is at and the respect that they've earned, and that they should have now going into what's going to be the home stretch of the season. So right. I, I'm very encouraged, and the fact that it. You know, if one if JT gets hurt, you know if Eichenberg gets hurt, I'm confident. I I we can't expect like the same exalted level of success maybe in those circumstances. God forbid those things happen. But the success is spread out enough throughout the unit that I'm confident not only in next man up, but that they're going to be able to retain a high enough level of success that it's not going to jeopardize the football team. And this is going to be a, a year-over-year growth and pattern of success as long as Knowles wants to be an institution here, which by all communications, it seems like he wants to chill out. It, I, he doesn't seem like super eager to leave after he just got here from another chaotic gig in the Big 12 where right. he had to basically completely rewrite the narrative on defense right. in that conference. So he, you know, I, I think he wants to just hang out here and succeed and I mean, this is this is exactly what I was hoping for in year two relative to the strides we saw in year one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's really cool to have a team that's good at defense again. We didn't <laughs> have that for a long time. Yeah, it is. It actually is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, now we do have to talk about the offensive side of the ball. And I will I will say this before we before we move on. Just a couple of things. Ohio State right now is ranked fourth in the country in yards per game allowed, which is pretty awesome. They're second in yards per play. Uh, this is a team, I mean, it's not just those basic stats, because I do think sometimes that could be misleading depending on the, uh, you know, the opponent. But 
in general, when you look at like a uh, a play to play basis, right? Like rushing defense, right? Ohio State's averaging just, or allowing just three yards per rush per play, which is kind of amazing. Um, you know, passing defense in general, I think, has obviously taken a huge stride in, in terms of, especially in terms of limiting big plays, which is you know such a big deal. Right now, they're not tied for first in the country in uh, yards per attempt and passing defense, which is pretty freaking wild. Um, so my point is, is that I still think they can get better, which is the, the really wild thing, right? Like there's still areas that they can improve. And if they do that, you can ride that defense to, I think even a national championship defense wins Um, championships. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Now the offense, I do think anything that we would say, you know, in terms of criticism or whatever, does have to be tempered that I do think Penn state's defense is legit. I think that, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, the defense was no good. And obviously Drowler was so bad that, you know, it's, this is, this was opportunities for the, the offense to just tee off and, you know, score a billion points. I I think Penn state has a really good defensive line Um, corners, uh, probably a little overrated based on some of the things that we saw. And and maybe just Marvin Harrison's that good because he was clowning on dudes. Well, Um, here's, here's what I think. I'm going to keep my feedback very simple because they said, yeah, the, the the defense for Penn State's very good. Okay, so take that with a grain of salt. Sure. It, as you pointed out, I shouldn't say take it with a grain of salt. We'll say they're they're good. You pointed out already, Ibuka was gone. Henderson was a late scratch again. Uh, right. So they're dealing with uh, injuries to their important levels of uh, uh, skill players. So a good defense that suddenly has a narrowed scope of focus. Which right. is it can doesn't have to exclusively be on Marvin Harrison Jr., but in terms of the guys that can beat you by themselves, like he's one of them, and you got a key on him. Now you're in an opportunity where you don't have to worry about Ibuka being the other wide receiver one for this team. You don't have to worry about a guy in Henderson who scored two touchdowns against you in the game last year. You can key on on a guy in Marv who did beat you last year as well you can make sure that that doesn't 68 yards right right in theory you can now key in on that guy and guess what happened he still beat them uh that's how good marv is so this was like the first game where they've kind of been forced to lean on him and we've been waiting for that and it worked against a very good defense you can't rely on that to be the case against michigan but you you hope that at some point they just kind of force the issue because the guy is better than everybody else that he's playing with. Just get him the ball. That's However you can do it. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of my buddies at work, and you know, I was like, here's the deal. I mean, Marvin Harrison in every single game that Ohio State plays from now to the end of the season, wherever that ends up being, could be a national championship, whatever, uh, he's going to be the best player on either side of the field, like in every game. Because he's just that talented. And the thing is, man, like you go back, I went back and I watched most of the game uh, after uh, after that aired. And I was like, Kyle McCord hits on some of these passes. If he leads Marvin Harrison just a yard or two, there's like, they're leaving 14, 17 points on the table. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities for Ohio State to blow that wide open. And I think Kyle McCord 
didn't set his feet, got a little nervous, got the yips a little bit, and, you know, was bailed out by some incredible catches from his wide receivers. He'll throw lasers down the seam and then just total ducks when he tries to put air under his passes. It's really, it's peculiar almost. It's a little weird. I think maybe if he just thinks about it too much, like if he has too much time to think and he's like, okay, I've got this, Marv's wide open. I mean, Harrison was freaking out after I think uh that first uh drive where he was super wide open and if you know Kyle McCord just dumps it over the you know middle in the flat it's a touchdown um I just think he thinks a little bit too much sometimes I think he gets a little bit too far ahead of himself and he's like okay this is going to be a touchdown if I just do it just right and then he ends up throwing behind a guy or whatever now luckily you've got Marvin and you've got Cade Stover and you've got a Mecca to throw to, and they can, you know, bail you out in a lot of those situations. I just think he's overthinking it. Um, so if he gets settled down and if he looks for those opportunities, I'm sure they're going to look at the game film and be like, Hey man, you left like at least two touchdowns on the board here. That's going to be something that you can grow from and improve on. And you've got time to do it now. That's the thing. Like this was like, I understand that, you know, Wisconsin's not exactly just chopped liver or anything like that. But you have the opportunities now until the Michigan game to figure out those areas to improve upon and really focus in on them and and make sure that you do it right the next time and, and you know, take advantage of those opportunities. Well, because Marvin Harrison was supposedly being, you know, blanketed by a, a first round, you know, cornerback, and he made that guy look foolish the entire game. What if we don't need McCord to be anything more than Greg McElroy? We, we but we don't uh, that's the thing and that's and that's the thing man is like, he not already proving that he's like an effective game manager for this offense his yeah. own his only interception this year was on a busted fourth down play against indiana right like as long and as he doesn't fine. make mistakes there are enough playmakers in this offense that and with and it's, it would be different if the defensive talent weren't there. You would need a Stroud or a Haskins right. or a Fields to accelerate right. this offense to minimum 30 points per game. But with this defense, if you just have a guy that doesn't commit egregious errors that result in points for the other team, you're probably going to win most of your games. Yeah. I agree so, with that. The only we, thing can I we just add, be happy with where McCord's at now? <laughs> that's that's fair. I think that is absolutely fair um, because you're right, and especially in terms of taking care of the ball, the fact that he's not throwing interceptions, that's huge. Because like, that'll take a lot of pressure off of absolutely. him if he doesn't have to worry about getting better from where he is, even though I'm sure he wants to. If yeah. that expectation isn't on him the way that we like want him to be, the like I saw people were – saying that he should be a Heisman candidate too if people are considering or trying to build a case for the guy at Florida State. And I I, I just, yeah, I don't know if McCord's been that good. He hadn't been bad, but I don't need him to be this. I don't need him to be the guy of this offense. We know Marv is the guy. We don't need a conflict of interest in terms of identity. Right. Yeah. Get it to Marvin and don't worry. Don't sweat the rest. Just take care of the ball. I know. I think that's 100%. I, I absolutely agree with that. The only thing I would add is uh, you got to get, you got to get Trayvon Henderson healthy. You have to have a more consistent running game um, because again, Penn state really good on defense, but you, the problem is, and I think what this causes is that if you are in second and long and third and long repeatedly, 
because you can't get more than two yards right on a first down run that puts a lot more pressure on that quarterback to to try to produce and oh, to try to sure. do something special so you you got it and and maybe that you know you gotta you gotta mix up the play calling you gotta do you know some more creative things i think you gotta have Trayvon henderson back failing that i mean dalen hayden right now has been the guy that's showing you the most if you gotta burn the red shirt you gotta burn the red shirt um but I do think that that lack of running game isn't. I don't think it's a killer. I, I think you can you can win a Big Ten championship. You can beat Michigan. You can do you know, make some noise in the playoff with a mediocre or even a not very good running game. Um, but you got to you got to find ways to take pressure off McCord and not ask him to try to you know get first and thirteens or third and thirteens or whatever. They still haven't really given him or tried to develop a checkdown rapport it's since the Notre Dame yeah. game where he was missing them pretty badly, like in the flat. And right. I I hope that in the next, I don't know if they don't want to put that on film because it's kind of an easy thing in theory to get in get going in the games. But I hope that they're going to have that available for him in the Michigan game because he's going to need that with his pressure, like the way that he reacts to it. Those safety valves for the free yards are just going to need to be there in a way that they haven't really been setting up, I think, in yeah. these other games. So, and But that also requires the running backs to develop chemistry with McCord in that sense, too. Right. I'm a little... Like I'm, I I've been very encouraged by the depth of this position, especially relative to the injury woes they were dealing with last year. It's unfortunate that we've kind of seen a similar pattern spring up this year to where Hayden's being called upon again. But there's also kind of a unique position that this running game is developing into now, where almost out of necessity, they're kind of they've kind of got a rapport with every single running back in this offense. Now they know how to block for four different running backs. That's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you laugh, no, but no, that's, you're, no, no, but that's, you're right. You're right. How, you're right. That's a thing. Like, yeah, it is. It's, that, it's, it's, that's a hard a thing to do. Too. If you're a defense that wears on you, if you're able to right. rotate in. And so once Trey is available again, and he's the early down guy, I really hope, because we saw this in the Indiana game, <laughs> When they got close to the red zone, they went to chip. And then when they got like more goal line, very much in the red zone, they went to Mayan. And they like, if they're switching up running backs like that, and they have that different, those different waves of backs, and the guys that are looking at the film that are studying Ohio State that are trying to game plan for this offense, if they don't know which running back is going to be leaned on on a game in, game out basis, that, that, that's a nightmare thing to deal with if you're an yeah. opponent. That's not I fun. Agree. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimis- or optimistic given all of the, the setbacks that they had, especially coming into the Penn State game and the fact that they've gotten through this with flying colors. Just let them get healthy and and take the progress for what it is. And you know, I, I th- there's there's big potential here, I think, in terms of the the dynamic uh just different ways they can shift in and shift out as the season progresses they probably don't want to put as much of it on film uh as that implies but i you know it it sounds like hopeful and it is just kind of waiting out until we actually see it but i look there's a lot of reasons to be happy coming out of this win 
Oh, one hundred percent. I I I think that uh, everything that we're seeing, when you have them all pointing in this direction, once Trey's healthy, I think we are going to finally start to see that rhythm more like what we saw at the beginning of the season with the Indiana game on that first drive. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in the next few weeks with Henderson. And what I mean, at this point, who knows what anyone's injury status is? I mean, flip a coin. Like, who knows? Because of the way they've been handling this. And that's very cryptic with him, though. He, like, posted (laughs) something on Instagram, I know, before the game that was, like, it's strange. It's yeah, the, it's been cryptic with everybody. It's because he's like, been warming up too, and he has his helmet right. too. Exactly, he's been games. warming up. Emeka was warming up. Who knows what that means? I don't know. I'm not going to try to read the tea leaves. I do know that they're just flexing um, on the Big Ten. That's right. That's right. It's like we could have these guys come in at any time we want and score 50 points. Load yeah, management. That's, that's, that's right. well it could be i mean i don't actually no, know I mean, that's not a thing in this sport get out of here i don't know i mean i honestly have no idea what the thought process is i i hope that they come back soon though oh, because manage both... a load of bs that is get <laughs> out of here um so yeah so i overall uh great win from ohio state i think they did an excellent job and uh you know Right now, if you look at the resume, I mean, Ohio State, in terms of the top 10 teams, they've got as good a resume as anyone else in the country. You've got two top 10 wins. Um, not dominant, but like hard-fought, well-played wins. Youngstown State, one of the top FCS teams <laughs> That's this <right>. season. <laughs> Youngstown State, Rutgers is like sliding in there maybe in the top 20. playing no damn Citadel on our That's schedule. Right. So overall, I mean, look – Ohio State has had its ups and downs this season, and I think there's still some things that, you know, a, a fan might wring their hands about. But overall, where this team is at at this point, especially in what's ostensibly a rebuilding year where you lost so much from 2022, uh, I, I think they're sitting pretty right now. And obviously the, you know, the eyes on the prize with Michigan. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy where this team is at. And I think they're still- Resign Parker Fleming 100 years. They recovered yeah. an onside kick to end the game that's hey, no never in doubt man never in doubt my blood pressure was definitely not you know raised to twice it's normal Look, we i was i i thought it was a lock that they were going to give up a punt return touchdown and that like that was i actually did too i was right that I was, was never a concern the whole day so i yeah, mean yeah. we can you know we can roast the guy for his mistakes and whatever but special teams was far from a reason that that game was close for yeah. that like no to credit to to them yeah, you and you know they missed the field goal, but otherwise, otherwise, you know, I mean, it's not a gimme. It was like You're gonna drop Parker out there to kick? Like, come on! Like, yeah, that's not a Jesse, kicker's Jesse miss. Mirko. Also, just shout out to old, old Mirko out there. He averaged like 48 yards a kick, and he had that one ridiculous bomb. That I mean, I thought Ohio State was like, okay, this is a momentum thing. You know, where Penn State's gonna get some here, and he completely flipped the field on him um granted he i think benefited from a, a very favorable punt bounce but uh you know it's stuff it's like that part of the art man when you're it's part of the like art that. it's the Absolutely. rugby style getting those rolls that's right and you know those are the things that help win you football games so like i said overall great win very entertaining had a lot of fun watching it and you know marvin harrison coming out with 160 plus yards <laughs> i mean he's just very he's nice. a joy to watch like i love watching that dude play football so Great win. Uh, we'll be, you know, obviously keep an eye on all the, the whys and wherefores and the ups and downs and things like that as we go forward. 
We're going to talk some Ask Us Anything here in a second, but before we do that, we want to remind you that we are sponsored by One Medical. The best defense is a good offense, and that goes for your health, too. That's why One Medical, the modern doctor's office, is changing the playbook for primary care. With four C-Bus locations and 24-7 virtual care, One Medical helps Buckeye stay healthy. And the relationship with OSU's Wexner Medical Center makes it easy to get access to specialists. To get your 30-day free trial, visit onemedical.com and use the code TRY1MCOL. That's T-R-Y, the number one, M-C-O-L. All right, that was One Medical, our uh, one of our sponsors here for the 11 Dubcast. Thank you so much, One Medical, for uh, for your support. Let's do, you know what? Normally I say this is like you know our favorite part of the episode, and, and typically it is, but I got to tell you something. No, it I, I still is. Feeling. It still is. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, you for know, our I, loyal I listeners, it is. For our loyal listeners, it is. I'm going to have a lot of fun, um, I think, after this segment. But let's let's go ahead and, and get into it. And we remind you that the Dubcast, uh, if you want to ask us questions, the Dubcast for Ask Us Anything, you can send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Uh, and like I said, ask us literally anything. We love to answer literally anything. This is uh, Joe. This is from Joe. Two-part question. What is one of the best Ohio State football games that you've ever missed, and why did you miss it? Now, he says he says the 2017 Ohio State-Penn State game, which sucked because that was epic. Uh, his reason, though, is I feel pretty reasonable. Uh, I was in a full-speed head-on car collision. Oh, my goodness. I know. I was serious three, answer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was three days into a coma that lasted over two weeks. Holy and a recovery cow. that took about six months. Uh, the cool part is my wife told me later that uh, her and everyone in the waiting room watched it. They said Joe should be watching this uh, game. They rooted for the Buckeyes on my behalf, uh, even a diehard Oregon Ducks Joe, fan. that is an incredible story, Dude, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I hope your recovery <clears throat> went well. And I, I'd be curious, did you, if you missed any other Ohio State games during your coma, and what it was like to learn learn of all of those results when Two you weeks. came to. That's Two wild. weeks. Yeah. So you Oprah said it, would it, say. it was. It was That's sort of a parallel to them. Uh, uh, to him rooting for me as I fought for my life. Damn, dude, I got to say, that is that is pretty hardcore. I do not have a story that rivals any of that. And I will echo George in saying that. that um, I, I'm so grateful he shared you, that with us. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Wild. Good Joe. for you, man. Wow. Um, so I don't – the best Ohio State football game I've ever missed, I will say – I missed a win against Wisconsin because of a wedding. It was one of the Terrell Pryor Wisconsin games, and I had to watch highlights of it later. And I think that was one where they like showed. I think I only I didn't miss the whole thing. I, I missed all but like I don't know, maybe five or ten minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, and I missed the entirety of the USC uh, game where they came to the shoe because I was living in Japan at the time, and so. You know, time zones were all flipped, and I was actually at work. Uh, it's a good doing game a, to miss. Yeah, I wasn't really upset about that. I was following it on my phone. I had a, um, I had an iPhone, a very early iPhone, my first smartphone phone that I had, and I was like, wow, I can like see what the score is, and I stopped checking. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this, and then I kind of thought, oh, this is not going to go well. Um, so I'm kind of glad I didn't see the end of that. Um, but yeah, that would be it. I was at a field day in a Japanese middle school 
is why I missed that USC game. So I don't have like a great game that I've missed relative to Ohio State, but I do have an important game that I missed, and I have a great game that my friends missed. So I'll, I'll okay. give each of these. Right. So the uh, the important game that I missed, I, I prided myself when I was in school because I graduated 2016 and the loss to Michigan State in 2015 was the only time in, that I was in college that I ever saw them lose in mm, person. Okay. It was the only time I ever saw them lose in person was that game. And, that's be, and that was even though I was a season ticket holder for all four years. And that was because I skipped the Virginia Tech game the year they won the <laughs> national championship. I I will never forget this. My roommate and I, because we hosted tailgates at our you know trap house out on Fourth Street. Oh, nice for right. So we and then we'd march over to the stadium. But they had that. We, we've been doing that since like the the season before that. But this was the first one of the year that was a home game, and we just had a bad feeling. We were just like. I had something about because you know they had played Navy like the week before, and yeah, JT was still gel, like still trying to gel, and uh, we were just like, "It's not where we're going, you know. Let's just hang back here, you know. We'll wait for the party to clear out, and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll see what happens." And then they lost, and I remember as soon as they lost, like because it, it was bad vibes the whole game. JT throws that pick six, and then my yeah. roommate, go, my roommate and I just go up and like we're sitting on the roof of our house. And I, I remember just sitting up there that night and hearing like siren whales from every <laughs> different direction of Columbus. Yeah. And I remember thinking this city is so much different after Ohio state loses a football game, oh, yeah, particularly dire. in Columbus. Yeah. Then after they win or any, it it was the it was sitting up on that roof and hearing stuff go off in all directions of the city the rest of that night all hours was it was pre, it was one of the more surreal evenings i had while i was a student and it was because i did not go to the virginia tech game that night so Smart that move on your part. that's my answer now you know what? Th- so the other thing is oh yeah 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 my friend, so I I went to every game when they went on when I was a freshman and they went undefeated, and I stayed the whole time for, I think just about all of them, but especially the Purdue game. Yeah, half of my friends or two key characters in my friend group left to go to Sloopy's early. Dumb, and they missed the Kenny G comeback. Yeah. Kenny G, by the way, shout out we, to the uh, Arkansas's new offensive coordinator. That's right. That's pretty sick. So, um, so they win, and then we leave, and we we just go. We we text our friend. We're like, "Are you guys still at Sloopy's?" And they're like, "Yeah." And they're like, you <laughs> you better not move. You better not move from that spot because we're coming yeah. there to roast you for right. what you you gave up on them. And they didn't even try to get back in the stadium. They just stayed at Sloopy's in shame and Good. waited for us to come accost them for Good. bailing on Ohio State. Good. You know what, Andy Andy Vance, uh, Dubcast alumnus Andy Vance. Um, 
has this very similar story, except his his wife convinced him to stay. He wanted to dip. Oh, and she wow. was like, no, 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 you got to stay till the end. And he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Got to be a true Ohio State fan. And he got to stay and he saw the whole freaking thing. So smart move on both your part and his part. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That, that to me is not like a better story. story than Joe's. No, that's neither of those. Uh, all right, this is from our good friend Alvin. He wants to know, will Ohio State be number one when the initial playoff rankings come out in two weeks? No, I don't think so. I don't no. think they will. And you know what? It doesn't matter because people get so upset about these sometimes. And I'm like, all Ohio State has to do is win out. That's it. It doesn't matter. Like, if they win out, that's it. So it's it's really a really simple math equation. I see people saying that like, oh, this I'm more intrigued for the initial playoff rankings no, than ever. Care. I'm like, people say that every year though. Like, yeah. it's no, like the same people are like, this is the most important election of our lifetime. It's like, oh, they've been saying that every election ever. Like, yeah. I I don't care at this point for the hype. Just get me to the actual thing. You know, like I get that it's important, but in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't like an opinion shaping thing or it shouldn't be until rivalry week. It really should not be. I don't it really doesn't serve any purpose to deviate from the AP poll and the at this point, like other than to just create meaningless conjecture for. Yeah, it's about driving the narrative. I mean, that's that's basically it, and it's it's not, not even something... the narrative. Just whatever narrative oh, yeah, is existing narrative. for these yeah. teams that yeah, get exactly. selected, right? Right. It's not something that I, and especially because they like go so deep with it too. It's like nobody cares. Like the eighth, you know, it's not. It doesn't matter. Um, and for I Ohio think, State, I don't think if ESPN didn't have this like joined at the hip relationship with the college football playoff. I don't think these rankings would get released as early as they are. Oh, no, absolutely not. Nobody would care. It's manufactured nonsense right now. They would do like two or three of them, and that would be it. It Um, does not matter until conference championship week, if then. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically the last week or two of the season in the conference. And that's it would it. be more hype if they did one show the whole <laughs> season. It would yeah, like a selection show. No, you're right. Yeah. Like a selection show for March Madness. Exactly. And get, get Ryan Seacrest to host it, and then <laughs> and then every time they're going to reveal a new team of the four, they'll be like, "And we'll be back with the second team." That's right. After the break. After the break. <laughs> Well, no, and then you've got to have, like, uh, you know, what's her face? Who's Olivia Rodriguez comes in or whatever. What's her name? Is that it? Uh, Paula Abdul. Yeah, Paula Abdul comes in and she, like, (laughs) performs. Olivia Rodriguez? Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo is, like, the – she's, like, the number one pop star right now. There you go. All right. So, I don't (laughs) – I don't know about number one, but she's in all those Apple commercials. Snoop Dogg comes out and then does breaking phones and yeah, yeah. All right, Uh, this is from Kevin. He says this team uh, that parentheses struggles offensively but has a great defense reminds me of the 2002 team. Uh, Special teams notwithstanding, I love that you threw that in, Kevin. Um, What do you sounds like every Bears team I've ever liked? Yes, right. Uh, You know, 2002. 
as much as I really enjoy this uh, team and uh, this team's defense in particular, the 2002 defense, you got to look at that, that roster top to bottom. I mean, it, they had like 11 NFL dudes. Um, it was, they weren't just like a really good defense. They were a professional grade defense. Um, some of those guys played in the league for a really long time and uh, you know, went on to have amazing careers and I, I think this is a little different because, you know, no, the offense is not as, um, you know, exciting and, and scoring as many points as people would like. But this isn't a trestle ball situation. I, like, I am very, I have very, uh, you know, clear memories of that 2002 uh, team. And that defense had to basically make up for complete incompetence on offense sometimes. That is not what we're seeing out of out of this team. I, I think they have much more wiggle room when it comes to making mistakes or hoping that the offense might, you know, have a guy like Marvin Harrison to bail him out. You had Maurice Claret, but people forget he was injured for a lot of that season and was not available in every single game. And I don't think he made the same kind of impact or, or frankly, like could make the same kind of impact uh, that Marvin Harrison can make. So, um that was a little bit different situation. I think they had to be a lot better than this defense is going to be expected to be. I think the funny thing about that parallel is that during the Penn State game, I believe Jason Priestess <clears throat> described Kyle McCord as Craig Krenzel plus plus. <laughs> he's bet he's better than that. That's like yes, he's I can better see than Super it. Krenzel. Yeah, he's better than Super Krenzel. Craig Krenzel for for all Krenzel of Krenzel Prime. Look, the dude. The Alpha Krenz. <laughs> Not uh, merely Honda McCord. That's right. Um, yeah, by the way, we didn't talk about the nicknames. Uh, we we don't need to. The, no, we Route don't Man Marv is his nickname. That's what we're going to call him. I'm not calling him anything else. Uh, no, Craig Krenzel, for the fact that he won a national championship and was the leading rusher in the national championship game in 2002, or the 2000. 2003 game whatever bears quarterback legend craig that's right i was actually i followed those games intensely because i was like oh i want him to do it and i was like so i was like the second disappointed like the second bears game i ever went to i might have told this story already on the for one of my first dubcast episodes but one of the fans like drunk bears fan asked little kid me hey who's your favorite guy on the team and i'm an ohio <laughs> state fan so i said krenzel, krenzel. and this guy You're i'm there idiot. with my dad this guy roasted me for that choice i'm there with my dad i'm like five years old i'm like who cares that krenzel's my favorite the bears stink you let me like who i want to like you're an idiot bears legend craig krenzel Go back to Kenner. find me a Krenzel Bears jersey. I'll wear it. Ooh, I would too. Um, <laughs> yeah, even if I'm you know supposed to be a Bengals fan, I give a crap. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Last one here, and this segs very nicely into our topic that we really want to get into. Uh, but this is from Nelson, who wants to know what does Jim Harbaugh say to his team? <laughs> so. Let's talk about this. For those of you who are not aware. I misinterpreted the rules. That's right. right. May have made a mistake. Um, For those of you who are not aware, who who may have not followed the story. I mean, it's 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 sometimes it's easy to forget that not everybody is as terminally online as uh, as as we are. Let's do a quick recap. Okay, so briefly. 
there was some alleged sign stealing going on uh, with with Michigan football to the point where teams were saying that they suspected Michigan was sending uh, a a number of people to games to record uh, signals and other things like that from both sides. Spy. <laughs> That's right. Um, and and basically the a idea master was, of espionage. That's, that's right. And so this guy Connor, I guess we're going to call him Stallions, which feels a little Connor uh, Stallions. Stallions could be Stallions. It could be Stallions. Uh, he was a football it's analyst. One L. It's Stallions. I think it's Stallions. Until um, he comes out and makes a statement correcting it, it's Stallions. All right, we're going to call him Stallions. So Connor Stallions uh, was a football analyst with Michigan. He, in his hilarious LinkedIn page, which unfortunately is no longer um, LinkedIn, <laughs> there was there was some pretty incredible stuff on there. Where this is a guy who was a retired captain in the United States Marine Corps. Um, he the Marine Corps. <laughs> he, I'm gonna laugh every time you do this. We really need you. Got to find you. Got to find like the the Metal Gear Solid like breakdown music and like overlay it on this part. Dun 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 dun. Uh, so Stallions, uh, was with the Marine Corps. He called himself kind of like a volunteer associate coach kind of guy, I guess, something like that, uh, from 2015 to like 2022. And then he was officially kind of hired on as this, uh, you know, this, uh, secondary guy, uh, on the staff. And the thing is, man, so the allegations from other teams, and we're not exactly sure which other teams in the big 10 there are, but it seems like a lot of um are that this guy uh was essentially going from game to game recording the uh signals and the play calls um from both sides right like he would you know potentially pay people or however it worked out i don't know if it was like recording the play calls yeah and and basically recording that taking it back to michigan and then michigan goes oh okay well we know these play calls now we can then you know call the correct offensive play to match it or the correct defensive play to match it. And normally, I mean, stealing calls is not actually against the rules. Stealing calls using electronic devices or sending people to go to games that aren't yours. Electronic devices. (laughs) Is not, is actually not within the rules. This is kind of one of those like gray areas in NCAA rules where I'm kind of like, if if Michigan was breaking them, I don't think this is necessarily the worst thing in the world. I do think, however, and this is what we have to keep a laser focus on. This is all very, very funny. It is deeply hilarious. It's one of guy, the funniest things that's ever happened ever in the history of the Ohio State Michigan rivalry. One hundred percent, because this is a guy who spent basically like seven years going. I'm going to travel cross country. He was stationed in California. He was flying out to Ann Arbor, Michigan. To hold, essentially, hold on, hold on, because Jason just posted this quote that is exactly what we're talking about from 2013. That in the, the with you bringing it back to that, I just got to read this real quick. Oh, this is what do. he said. This is what Harbaugh said in 2013. You always want to be above reproach, especially <laughs> when you're good. Because you don't want people to come back and say they're winning because they're cheating. Right. That's always going to be a knee-jerk reaction in my experience ever since I was a little kid. 
We want to be above reproach in everything and do everything by the rules. Because if you don't, if you cheat to win, then you've already lost. According to Bo Schembechler. And Bo <laughs> Schembechler is about next to the word of God as you can get in my mind. It's not the word of God, but it's close. Well, that is Jim Harbaugh 10 years ago. Right. So... Well, that was in 2013. Two years later, uh, you got a guy coming in hat in hand saying, look. Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions comes in saying, look, guys, okay, check out my resume. All right. I got this cool little camera right here and season tickets to every stadium of the Big Ten. Here's one of my favorite things about all of this is that he said that he would, this is a quote from his LinkedIn account. This is bio. He says, I will employ Marine Corps philosophies and tactics. And Marine Corps philosophies. Regarding strategies and staffing, recruiting, scouting, intelligence, planning, and more. Among the skills that Salans wrote about on LinkedIn, this, I'm reading from an ABC News article here, were, quote, <laughs> identifying the opponent's most likely course of action and most dangerous course of action, and, quote, identifying and exploiting critical vulnerabilities and centers of gravity in the opponent's scouting He should process. fix those critical vulnerabilities in his Venmo account. Yeah, that's the other funny thing, because his Venmo apparently is just out there or was out there for anybody to take a look at. And boy, that dude had a lot of t-shirt orders that he put in, including uh, some from, oh, I don't know, Jay Harbaugh, who I guess was one of his friends. That's cool. He's got payments uh, <laughs> on there going back to 2017 from Jay Harbaugh. So. Yeah, he sure does. And here's the thing that I'll say, and, and I'll, I'll get into some Jay of the Hunter other things. Jay Hunter Harbaugh, am I right? <laughs> I'll, I'll get into some of the other things that like I wrote about in Threat Level and, and, and why I'm actually like kind of you know heated about some of this. Um, it, when we're talking about like actual scandals, though, and things that might come back to buy Michigan in the ass a little bit, it's not, in my opinion, um, you know, filming and all that stuff, although I think that's very stupid. And the NCAA definitely has it out for Harbaugh after, you know, basically lying to them and all that kind of other stuff, what he's accused of doing. Um, the really interesting thing to me is this guy essentially claims that he, for seven years, flew cross-country on his own dime, right, to be a super fan associated with the team do everything that he could to help support him, all this other stuff. And yet he has connections with members on the staff going back to 2017. Now, if he wasn't being paid from 2015 to 2022, I don't think that's that big of a deal. However, there, there are indications that he in fact was being paid. So if that's the case, if that actually ends up being true, that he was getting paid on the sly and Michigan decided not to tell people about it. And Michigan knew what kind of activities he was engaging in during that time period to say nothing of, you know, 2022 on. Uh, I think that's a much bigger problem for Michigan. Now, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but seven years is a long ass time to be flying cross country to get somebody's coffee on a weekly basis. So I you underestimate am... the desperation of Michigan men maybe i do maybe i do and maybe that's a totally innocent thing and that guy was just a super fan with a lot of money and time to burn but i would not be shocked if there's more to that because that's something that i found very surprising and considering that you know he's got like financial transactions with some of these guys going back 
uh, you know, here's allegedly. the issue. If he does love the program enough, then do you think he's going to willingly be the fall guy for them? I don't know. I mean, he would have to be to save them. And if he loves the program enough, then he would fall on the sword himself. But I don't know. Right? I, the problem is, is that so I don't it know. It might that... be where it ends with this if there really is that amount of loyalty. Or he could just only... be. He could just be a mercenary. Yeah, a mercenary but... of war, of espionage, <laughs> put to devices Metal. by Harbaugh. Metal Gear. The Pano Machines. Yeah, the the problem is though is that they can prove connections. I mean, we have pictures of him, like on the threat level. Like I was, I was just looking for pictures to make my goofy little photoshops for uh, threat level, and I found him on the sidelines, like right next to Jim Harbaugh, uh, in one of our old archival photos from you know a couple years ago. And man, if I've got that, like if I could find that, my my dumbass could like find that in Eleven Warriors archives. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot more coming out with video with, you know, him like talking to, you know, there's coaches, a Zapruder like film out there somewhere. Yes. It's, so it, it's going to be released. It's going to be real hard for, I think the Michigan staff to operate under some kind of like plausible deniability. And and for Jim Harbaugh to be like, I would have no, I had no idea about any of this. Nobody on my staff. And I'm totally, you know, oblivious to all that. That's true. That rings real freaking hollow. So here's, here's and, the other part know. of the conspiracy side of this which is that do you think that once the other teams figured out what this guy was up to that they really did coordinate a sting operation together to get this guy (laughs) it's not much of a sting operation because the guy was doing all this in his own freaking name like it's not like they had to like pull well but it was it was a sting though but like they're reporting that multiple schools have surveillance footage of the guy doing this like on camera so do you think that once they figured out that they were in the rhythm of doing this they colluded to get that and do you think we're going to get to see that oh god i hope so somebody somebody needs to start filing in uh uh, foia right now like if if dan hasn't already done that i'll be shocked but yes i would hope so that would be Well, that was how they i think that was how they got the information about the the tickets there was something there was a Freedom of Information Act request that did lead to some sort of revelation. I don't want to be misquoting parts of this story, sure. but I uh, I think they might have already done that. So I don't know if that would apply to the surveillance footage too. But I mean we we live in an age we live in an age where if stuff gets leaked, it gets leaked, especially right, when it's right. incriminating video evidence. I mean. I would especially hope. if it's very, very funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, Shiano, release the tapes. Come on, dude. Um, Flex so gonna hold. I know Flex too uptight. He's he's gonna hold out on us. But Shiano's enough of a wild card. He'll uh, he'll Day's give the got, people what they want. I'll tell you what, man. If Day's got the footage, that that stuff's coming out the week of the Michigan game. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though, man. Like, I am not morally outraged if Michigan is proven to have done this. This is not something we're going to be like, oh, these these horrible cheating scoundrels. I hope Michigan is a death penalty. It's dumb, and I hope they get some kind of penalty for it. But I don't think it means that everybody involved is some kind of like horrible, awful human being. Win at any cost, blah blah blah. And this is my point. I, I, I do think about. I do think that if they beat Ohio State this <laughs> year, right. then they're That's dirty right. cheaters. <laughs> well, they're definitely dirty cheaters, but you know what? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Here's my point. This is what gets me so phrase. riled up. 
No, I I love that. I mean, you got to cheat. You Go cheat. ahead. It's I great. keep cutting you off. I apologize. It's fine. It's fine. Here's my point. All right. This is this is what I am riled up about. The Michigan response on fan sites, on Twitter, on Reddit, wherever, to all of this, especially initially, was we. I don't think we did it, but if we did, it was badass, right? If we did, this makes us cool. If we did, we're just like the Miami Hurricanes, bro. We're winning games, and you're just jealous. And sorry, that's you know that's that's making you feel some kind of way, but that's just who we are. And like, the thing is, man, you can't be Michigan and do that, right? Somebody posted my threat level on Reddit, and I think they left a comment that I, I really appreciate. You can't be a face. And then try to be a heel the next day. Like you gotta, you gotta have a heel turn. This is not your heel turn. You gotta be consistent. You gotta be consistent. And and these guys have been for years saying that Ohio State Jim Trestle was a cheat. He rigged that raffle. He knew that that raffle was going to come out in favor of that recruit. He knew those players were going to sell their own property for tattoos and lying to the NCAA. That Michigan State is a bunch of like you know low-down, dirty cheaters who you know are sucker punching our players. Ohio State play. ruined college academics with online classes. Oh my god. <laughs> Justin Fields took three online classes and just just completely destroyed the idea of amateurism. Beer and wine online. Oh, my God. And, like, the outrage that they have so consistently applied to the dumbest things that no one should care about. If you go back and read some of the stuff that was written about Jim Trestle and the wake of Tattoo Gate, which any sane person should have realized during the time period that it was happening, that it was like completely stupid. But here's the thing. What happened with Penn state and Joe Paterno happens just a few months after that. So you would think that like a thinking person would go, Oh, okay. Well, clearly tattoo gate was stupid, especially in light of these actual awful, horrible crimes. Maybe I should reevaluate my stance on that, but no Michigan fans and you know, their commentary and the writers at large kept hammering that Jim Trestle was this fraud, that he was this liar, that he was this cheat because that's part of how they perceive college football. And it goes back even further than that with them being like the Fab Five scandal recipients. Michigan is clean. Michigan is is squeaky clean. They're the guys who do things the quote-unquote the right way. And everyone else is trash. And it's it's infuriating, not because they did something stupid, allegedly. Like Michigan, you know, broke the rules. It's infuriating because they're trying to pretend like all of that self-aggrandizement doesn't matter. And I'm going to read a couple quotes here because I included this in threat level. I think this is very important. All right. First one's from MGO blog. And this is after the 2019 loss. And this is, this is from MGO blog. This is from Brian Cook. He writes, how far is too far? It's not a question that's ever troubled anyone at Ohio State. The NCAA is a joke to be exploited. This is true, actually. It is a joke to be exploited. How far is too far was not a question Robert Anderson considered. (laughs) That's right. Classes are a joke to be avoided. Anything not related to beating Michigan is a joke. And, okay, you win. Whatever. Good one. Now, again, the issue that got Brian so riled up here was Justin Fields taking online classes. Okay? Here's here's the quote. This is from Mason Brew. This is in the aftermath of, uh, of uh, uh, Jim Trussell's recommendation. This is what was written here. This There is disappointment, but no anger. I don't get it. Was winning and winning dirty really worth it? To me, no. It never yes. Was. 
<laughs> That's right. Yes. But therein lies the difference. At Michigan, we hang our heads in shame at these types of things. We take down- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it gets better. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We take down banners. We rid our- By the way, great callback. To we take down banners. We take down banners. Uh, we rid ourselves of the people who caused us such embarrassment. Uh, we admit our wrongdoing oh and work God, to right the mistakes we made. Tripping out of this guy's mouth. And look, I want to. I want to be fermenting. I want to be clear. I do not think that Ohio State is, by in contrast, some squeaky cling organization, right? Like Ohio State has definitely done wrong things, kept bad people around for way too long. That's not the point. The point is, is that. Every major program has skeletons in their closet and to be smug about it and active as that that's not the case and then turn around and when it's proven to be the case to be like, Haha, it was cool all along. It's not. You built your brand on looking down at other people and you deserve all the crap that you're going to get. Yeah, you think it. you think they overlook speeding in Athens. You should see what's <laughs> been going on in Ann Arbor for the That's last right. couple of years. All right. So last quote I want to give. Um, this is actually, this is another Ingo blog uh, writing. This is actually in result to a loss, I believe, to Alabama in a bowl game. Um, but uh, the quote was, uh, they then pretend to be some sort of nobility, but there's no such thing as halfway crooks. Yes, there is. There is. There, there are levels to crimes and and infractions and, and things like that. That's no, the reason why. No, no. Well, oh, hold on. Me, now you've lost me, you hip hop historian. Yeah, there ain't no me, such things as halfway crooks. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me point something out here real quick. Harbaugh, he's scared to battle. He shook. That's right. All right. Let me let me just say this real quick. There is a reason why schools are perfectly willing to self-report things like recruiting violations or a coach, you know, like called a guy when he wasn't supposed to or sent a text when he wasn't supposed to and is steadfastly denying, right, breaking pretty significant NCAA rules, okay? And the point is that if Michigan wants to play that game, if, if they want to pretend like it's either black and white, all or nothing, everything else, you know, all things being equal, if you're you're either a good guy or a bad guy, then Michigan – is quite firmly on the side of the bad guys right now. And you don't get to think that's cool because you've spent the last Even. 20 years saying that it's not. So yep. that's my point. And, and it's not it's not that I think Michigan fans are terrible people. It's not that I think that uh, what you know the Michigan program is accused of doing is like the worst thing in the world. It's that I want people to just take a second. And when they see something like this happen, not try to reflect that on an entire fan base or say that they're awful people for supporting somebody who, <laughs> who goes to college classes online. Like that's, that's, I just, just a moment of self-reflection. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I want. Just keep letting them talk. That's, that's the way that I look at it right now. There's still so much more to be said about this story. I mean, we got even more info today that made it like, we, we could already tell that they were guilty of something before the further revelations came out today oh, that, you know, there's all this video evidence from multiple schools that's going to be presumably submitted to the NCAA. So we have to feel great as Ohio State fans about the direction this is heading. Just let the fans keep talking themselves in a hole. Just keep taking receipts. Remember yeah. all of this. It'll all be bulletin board material for next month. Yeah. And if Ohio State loses, 
You can just say that they've cheated the whole way. <laughs> That's right. That's but right. But if Ohio State wins. Oh, man. You beat oh, the cheaters, baby. Oh, they are going to hear about it until every day until next year. That's right. You, you, like, guaranteed. Oh, they should hear it every day until the end of time. I mean, it, because this good. is, the, as you said, this is the funniest thing to happen in the rivalry ever. So this should never, we should never let go of this. So just take a deep breath and let them keep talking and just. Just wait for the time by the end of next month when you can just throw it all back in their face. And right. and after you've beaten them, you can kick them while they're down That's and right. say, it's going to be a long winter and you're going to have to cozy up next to that fire the NCAA is built for you. That's right. And you know what? The thing is, man, is that like uh, Ohio State, you know, this is you're playing with house money at this point. You know what I mean? Like just That's just, right. Enjoy it. Enjoy enjoy the rest of the season. Enjoy how it plays out. Um, and here's the other thing. Michigan's on a bye week. <laughs> so there's no game. They're not going to play anybody to help wash this taste out of their mouths. They're going to sit with us for the next two weeks. And, uh, they can retool probably... their reconnaissance program. That's, <laughs> that's right. They're going to start, uh, you know, they're going to start like editing out uh, Connor Stallion um, from all of their like official pictures and stuff like Soviet style, like Stalin did, you know, after the... <laughs> it's like, we don't know who that guy is. We never met him. I don't think he exists. It's just a figment of your imagination. So, um, so that's, the, that's where we're at. And, and look, it's, it's 10 35 PM on, uh, on a Monday night. And uh, I, dude, I feel like by the time this thing publishes, who knows where the story could be? I haven't, you know, we could have video of this guy. It's you like know, Natasha like Bedingfield around. says, the rest is still unwritten. You never know, man. <laughs> it's anything could happen. Um, so I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. And uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm excited to see how, uh, how Michigan fans twist in the wind a little bit because they've kind of earned it. And, and that's the thing, man. And I don't know that they'll ever actually acknowledge that or, uh, you know, believe that that this this hubris has been built up over the course of several decades, but it's pigeons are kind of coming home to roost. I, when they when they did that it. when they did that ridiculous lineup, like <laughs> before, when when Harbaugh was suspended, right. and they did that salute to him, Rest I said, I said, there's some kind of weird guilty cult behavior going on here. I don't know yeah. what they're guilty of, but like there there's no need to do all these theatrics in the wake of your your coach getting suspended. Just go out and play. There's yeah. something weird going on here. And you're you're seeing it leak out now. So the fans can continue to employ this cognitive dissonance as much as they want, but the truth is going to be laid to bear pretty soon. And just if you're an Ohio State fan, wait for that moment where they can no longer hide, they can no longer deflect, where you can just plainly reply to them with what they've been denying and just enjoy the moment i'm gonna defer to what the final sentence on my 11 warriors profile says which is i draw sustenance from the suffering of michigan fans (laughs) and i believe everything on the internet should be taken extremely seriously (laughs) take a moment and you will be able to lap up their tears soon enough that's right 100%. 100%. So that's the dubcast for this week. I'm excited uh, to see what the next week brings because I think it's just going to get funnier. 
Uh, unless playing with house money until Thanksgiving, man, I hey, love playing it. with house money. Uh, fingers crossed that uh, Michigan doesn't have some kind of like you know reverse Uno card and says, "Haha, we've got you know evidence of Ohio State doing the exact same thing." Um, but I, you know, I, I, I have to believe. I hope. I hope beyond hope that uh, Ryan Day and company aren't as stupid. Somebody as made the stuff. point like if they would if if the entire conference like hated Urban as much as they hate Harbaugh, wouldn't they have that. tried to do something? Like you said that. I like, said that in threat level. I was yeah, like, "Look, dude, okay, so if, you are you right? If Ohio State was this stupid and was doing the same thing. Don't you think that the conference would have banded together and like given the gigantic middle finger to Urban and trying to yeah. take him down? And, and that get, never happened, despite right. Urban being a Death Star for a decade in this conference. Right. right. And then ultimately ended up taking himself down by uh, nepotism. So that's fun. Maybe that's um, what it was. They're like, ah, he'll he'll tire himself out eventually. <laughs> yeah, they just well, maybe. Um, but DJ yeah. Burns did by himself what an entire conference colluding together could not. <laughs> took down the big Urban. <laughs> Um, so there you go and like I said we'll keep following the story I think it's going to be funny as hell and uh, we'll be back next week to talk all about it Um, so until then I'm Johnny I'm George and we'll see you then take care folks